Chapter 8 of the Restoration of the Gospel by Osborne J. P. Widso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Wayne Cook. The Higher Priesthood. In the days of Abraham there lived in Palestine a great king and prince of the Most High God, named Melchizedek. Melchizedek was king of Salem. To him Abraham paid tithes of all that he had. Now Melchizedek was approved of God, and was ordained a high priest after the order of the Son of God. Quote, Which order came, we are told, not by man, nor the will of man, neither by father nor mother, neither by beginning of days nor end of years, but of God. End quote. And ever afterwards Melchizedek was distinguished as a great high priest. In after years the priesthood after the order of the Son of God, the priesthood that Melchizedek held as a great high priest, came to be named after Melchizedek. In the 110th Psalm, King David bursts forth in triumphant praise of the Lord who is to come. Quote, the Lord hath sworn, he says, and will not repent, thou art a priest for ever after the order of Melchizedek. End quote. Again, a thousand years later, Paul revives the memory of Melchizedek in a remarkable argument for the saving power of the Lord's high priesthood. Quote, Though he were a son, writes the great apostle, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and, being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. End quote. Read Hebrews chapters 5, 6, and 7. So from generation to generation among the ancients, an order of priesthood called the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek was undoubtedly well known. It was this priesthood, or divine authority, by virtue of which Jesus himself operated. It represented the power delegated to him from God the Father. Moreover, it was the authority of this same priesthood by virtue of which the apostles of Jesus and all the divinely appointed disciples officiated in Jesus' name. At some time during the second year of his public ministry, Jesus went up into a mountain and called to him certain of his disciples. He ordained twelve to be his apostles and special witnesses, and gave them power similar to his own. Mark 3 13 through 14. When the labors of the ministry became too extensive for the twelve alone, the Lord appointed other seventy and sent them two by two into every city. Luke 10. The authority of judgment was committed to the Son, and he appointed to his disciples a kingdom, as his Father had appointed to him, that they might judge the twelve tribes of Israel. Luke 22, 29 through 30. To one of the apostles, the Savior gave the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatsoever he should bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Matthew 16.19 Afterwards, he gave the same binding and loosing power to all the twelve. Matthew 18.18 18. Then, after his crucifixion, the Lord appeared again to the eleven, and conveyed to them a commission similar to that on which he himself had acted, quote, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. End quote. John twenty twenty one. 
but the power and priesthood of jesus was unquestionably that known by the name of melchizedek he was called of god says st paul to that order of priesthood he was appointed of god quote, a priest for ever after the order of melchizedek end quote. then when he imparted to his chosen disciples the authority that he held himself it cannot otherwise be construed than that he conferred upon them the holy priesthood after the order of melchizedek what became of that priesthood after the passing of the apostles during their ministry we have repeated references to officers divinely appointed to carry on the work of the church the apostles themselves as they traveled from church to church ordained elders and set apart officers for the continuance of the great gospel work and of course they could impart only what they had received they had received the holy priesthood called after the name of melchizedek this priesthood then they conferred upon those appointed to preside and to labor in the church indeed it follows but naturally that one could not rightfully officiate in the church unless he had been divinely called and appointed by this priesthood after the passing of the apostles however the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, like that of Aaron, became lost. The officers of the priesthood dropped out, one by one. At the present day, neither the Melchizedekian nor the Aaronic priesthood is recognized in the sectarian world as having existence even, let alone their being essential to the complete organization of the church. And a time of the restitution of all things, then, such as was spoken of by the holy prophets, the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, as well as that of Aaron, must be restored to the earth. John the Baptist had promised that the higher priesthood should be restored to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. Not long after his own visitation, the promise was fulfilled. Joseph and Oliver were in the wilderness on the Susquehanna River. To them appeared the ancient apostles Peter, James, and John, who declared that they possessed the keys of the kingdom and of the dispensation of the fullness of times they laid their hands upon joseph and oliver conferred upon them the holy priesthood after the order of melchizedek ordained them to be apostles and special witnesses of jesus the lord and bestowed upon them the keys of power which they themselves possessed therefore joseph and oliver became known as apostles of jesus christ the first and second elders of the church in after years the prophet joseph wrote ecstatically of the event saying quote, and again what do we hear glad tidings from camorra moroni an angel from heaven declaring the fulfillment of the prophets the book to be revealed a voice of the lord in the wilderness of fayette seneca county declaring the three witnesses to bear record of the book the voice of michael on the banks of the susquehanna detecting the devil when he appeared as an angel of light, the voice of Peter, James, and John in the wilderness between Harmony, Susquehanna County, and Colesville, Broome County, on the Susquehanna River, declaring themselves as possessing the keys of the kingdom and of the dispensation of the fullness of times. And Oliver Cowdery, too, bears record of the same marvelous event. He says in a signed statement, quote, John the Baptist, holding the keys of the Aaronic priesthood, Peter, James, and John, holding the keys of the Melchizedek priesthood, have also ministered for those who shall be heirs of salvation, 
and with these administrations ordained men to the same priesthood. These priesthoods, with their authority, are now and must continue to be in the body of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Accept assurances, dear brother, of the unfeigned prayer of him who, in connection with Joseph, the seer, was blessed with the above administrations. End quote. This statement was written in 1849, nearly twenty years after the event, and nearly five years after the martyrdom of the prophet. And so was consummated another act in the great drama of the Restoration. The chosen prophet, Joseph Smith, and his divinely appointed associate, Oliver Cowdery, possessed now the higher order of priesthood, the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. After many centuries, the priesthood of the great king was restored again to the earth finally, never again to be taken away while the earth shall stand. How does this higher priesthood differ from the lesser? Briefly, the difference is mainly one of degree. Both are divisions of the great priesthood after the order of the Son of God, but the lesser priesthood deals with lesser and temporal things, whereas the higher priesthood deals with spiritual things. Says the Lord in a revelation to the prophet Joseph, quote, The power and authority of the higher or Melchizedek priesthood is to hold the keys of all the spiritual blessings of the church, to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, to have the heavens opened unto them, to commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn, and to enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. End quote. It appears, then, that one holding the priesthood of Melchizedek may lay on hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. He may administer to the sick that they may be restored. He may rebuke evil and cast out devils in the name of Jesus the Christ. He may bless and confirm and anoint with holy oil. He may, in short, call down the richest blessings of heaven in his administration, for he holds, quote, the keys of all the spiritual blessings, end quote. He may possess the rights and powers of revelation, to learn the mysteries of heaven, to look into the heavens themselves, and to commune with heavenly beings. He may enjoy the communion and the very presence of God the Father and Jesus Christ. Moreover, one holding the higher priesthood has power and authority over all the lesser offices of the church. These are great and wonderful blessings, yet they are really no greater then one should expect to find operative in the true Church of Christ. For how can a church fulfill the measure of its existence unless it possesses the very powers here ascribed to the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek? It is really a matter of wonder that Joseph Smith, an unlearned youth, for he was less than twenty-four years of age at the time of the restoration of the Melchizedekian priesthood, should have felt himself unauthorized fully to represent God until the two orders of priesthood were conferred upon him. The so-called reformers were nearly all learned men. They knew the scriptures not only in translation, but in the original tongue. They knew, too, the history and customs of Israel and surrounding nations. Of most of these things, Joseph Smith, as a young man, was ignorant. Yet the Protestant reformers never once recognized the necessity of possessing the old order of divine authority. They read the scriptures and claimed to understand them, 
Some even translated the Holy Bible. Yet not one of them seemed to comprehend the meaning of priesthood, nor the necessity of divine authority. To Joseph Smith alone, of all the modern religious leaders, belongs the credit of waiting till he was commissioned before he attempted to act in God's stead. It is a striking testimony of his divine inspiration. End of chapter 8